your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And on today's episode, I mean, it's it's a two to one overtime victory for the Colorado Avalanche. Did not come easy in any way, shape, or form, but they got it done. Uh, I said earlier uh, when we do these video clips uh, that summarize like the games and all the action stuff like that. The Avalanche, their hashtag for the playoffs is find a way, and that's exactly what the Avalanche had to do. Great overtime win. You get that out of the way. You get an overtime game under your belt. Uh, and you're up two to nothing, which is what you wanted. So a lot to break down here. Uh, but first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Kyle. Uh, I'm just going to throw the softball question out to you right away. Uh, how are you feeling after this one? Good Lord. It was a wild ride. It was a roller coaster ride. You really were starting to get frustrated with the just trying to get one more past Ingram. But we said it in yesterday's episode, you want to see these kind of games, to see the Avalanche get tested. And this was a test. Um, they didn't give up. Nashville tried, and they finally solved the the riddle, and it took Kale McCarr to do it. So yeah. at the end of everything, once you kind of relax, it's a good win for the Avalanche. It's a great win. And I, and I think, you know, we talk about, or we were talking about, uh, UC Saros being out for at least two games and how those two games were played would dictate how quickly they would bring him back. And Ingram stepped in, obviously, after game one uh, when Riddick was pulled. And he played well in game one, but the game was already done. So it's tough to really get a grab. But he didn't let it get further out of hand. I mean, it got out of hand when he came in. It was already out of hand. So he comes in does enough i think to warrant them putting him in for game two and wow i mean i hate starting the show with an avalanche show with with the opponent's goalie but for a rookie and to be constantly under siege like he was from the avalanche they they added another shot on goal since we started uh recording this it it was 50 shots on goal they found another one somewhere (laughs) It was there all along. Yeah, and now it's 51 shots on goal that he faced, which, you know, from an avalanche standpoint, like, okay, I mean, that's a lot, even Mm -hmm. for the Avs, but it's not out of the realm for them to do that, to shoot 50 shots on goal. To do it against someone stepping into that role, and he held them to one goal and then, you know, just gave up the one in overtime, you have to give him stick taps for that because that that was incredible. And the avalanche – it was one of those games where you're like, you don't want to lose this because it's a playoff game. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If this was a regular season game and they had lost that game, you would have been like, what else can you possibly do? Yeah. I'm fine with that loss. But 
man, he kept him in that game. You got to give him credit. But then the credit also has to go for the ads for constant, not changing what they were doing in overtime. Constant pressure, constant shots on net. One was going to have to break through, and it finally did with Kel McCarr. And it was one of those that it was very reminiscent to why we picked up Darcy Kemper and why Kadobin had an extra stay with Dallas. It's one of those goalie performances. So in three years when Ingram is our backup goalie in Colorado, we know why. Um, <laughs> it's performances like this. Right. But no, it was, and you said it was 51 shots, not just 51 shots, four power plays as well. Um, like for a rookie, those, that's bright lights in ball arena facing four power plays, 51 shots. He stood on his head and it took Kale McCarr to figure it out and solve it at yeah. the end. But I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those kind of like legends that you talk about in the playoffs. Like, do you remember that game that Ingram had against the avalanche? This is yeah. going to be one of those benchmark games. It's not going to be anything. The avalanche did. Yes, they won. But it's one of those performances that you're like, that was an absolutely incredible game. And for for those four power plays, Abs looked good on those power plays. They, it almost on every single one of them, they were in their offensive zone every single time. It wasn't they were struggling to gain the zone or the puck was you know there was cleared pucks obviously, but there was one power play they were in the zone the full two minutes. Mm-hmm. The full two minutes, and and it was like the Avs were tired. Yeah, the, the Preds penalty killers obviously were, but the 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 Avs were were moving the puck around so much, you could tell like they didn't have jump at the end, and you're not going to. You're out there for two minutes, but it, it, it was it was a, a great performance on both ends. And yeah, you, I mean, Darcy Kemper didn't face as many shots clearly, um, as uh, as Ingram did. What uh, twenty six. But, you know, this is one of those games where anything is possible. And it's just once it gets into overtime, shots on goal, they don't really matter because you just need the one. And and the Preds had a couple opportunities in overtime. Um, And and Darcy Kemper shut the door. But overall, just a a, a fantastic game. Um, Well, we'll get to the the disallowed goal in the next segment. But... Mm -hmm. Anybody that stood out to you that really was like, you know, that played exceptionally well for the F. It's not so much an individual, but a unit. The avalanche penalty kill for the avalanche to turn a five on three for two minutes with fresh legs into momentum and a Kale McCarr shot that almost went in. Um, the penalty kill for the Avalanche looked incredible. Also held Nashville to 0 for 4 on the power play. Um, we always talk about like our power play looking good and getting better. The penalty kill in the playoffs on a five on three, like they didn't even have a chance to set up on that five on three. They were pushing them and making them uncomfortable, and they finished it out with Kale almost having a breakaway and had a partner with him. Like that's what yeah. you want to see. And it looked incredible. Can you imagine that if they, they scored a shorthanded goal mm. on a five on three, like that does not happen very often. No. Shorthanded goals don't happen very often, but a shorthanded on a five on three, unbelievable. Um, 
you know, the, the one goal that the Preds did get was a misplayed puck by Sam Girard. He tried to, you know, play shortstop um, and instead of kind of using his stick, and it just bounced by him. That's, you know, it's, it's uh, hockey pucks are fluky things. And yep. I understand what he was trying to do, and it just got past him, and it led to a, a Predators goal. Other than that, the, the, I thought the defense played very well. Um, and the offense, you can't say enough about the offense. I, I wonder where this goes for the Predators. Because if you play this game again, if you were to go out there tomorrow, everybody's the same, even Ingram for mm-hmm. for, the, for Nashville. For Nashville. I, I can't imagine he puts up that kind of performance again. No. I can't imagine that. And and, and that and I think that go that's tough for any goalie in the league to to withstand what he was facing, just barrages of shots, and he was stopping them. So for the Avalanche, it this isn't a game where you're like, oh, they only won two to one in overtime, and what's wrong with them? It's like, no, you play like that again, and you might have another seven to two game on your hands. Yeah. And like these are the kind of games against goalies that you want to take against, like into the second round, whether it's uh, Huso or Marc Andre Fleury in the second round. Like if you're doing that against these kind of performances, and well, we had the crossover with the Lockdown Predators. They when we talked about Ingram, it wasn't that much praise. Like they just called him up. You're very unsure. They were kind of like we don't know what to expect. If this is what they can expect, this is a good goalie combination. So, like, if you can if you could beat Ingram playing like this, you could beat a Soros if he does come back at seventy five percent. We have a goalie competition going on in uh, Nashville. Uh, uh, Let that be their focus. And let's <laughs> let's handle business. <laughs> let's take care of it that way. All right, let's hear from Bill Barr, and then uh, we'll get into that disallowed goal. I know. We're running on party lines here of people who think it should have been allowed. I'm not on. I I think they got that right. That was not that was not a goal. But uh, we'll talk about that and the the physical nature of this game, specifically the Predators. I want to talk about them in particular. So uh, that'll be right after we hear from Built Bar. And summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bag, especially your cooler if you're going to be on the beach so they don't melt. And Built Bars are fantastic, like cold and frozen, so mm-hmm. a little little Built Bar hack for everybody. Um, put them in your kids' backpacks and make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. Best part about Built Bar is they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it is easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and place your order now. All bars and puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that means that with a Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15, LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's get to that disallowed goal. It was You knew that was going to be a big one. And it was Donna Chuskin who, who collected a rebound, put it in. There was so much contact in the crease. It was Arturi Lekkinen. Who was the one that checked him? I don't remember who it was on, on the Preds. So there, there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But there, there, there was 
Lekkonen came into the the crease on his own. He was not pushed. There was the initial contact was Arturi Lekkonen. It honestly was, and that kind of uh, caused the the uh, goalie. I'm, I'm missing. I'm fluking on his name already. Uh, oh, Ingram. Uh, Ingram. Sorry. Ingram. Yeah. <clears throat> it caused Ingram to go to the ground, and then Lekkonen was checked hard and fell right on top of him. And I know that's what a lot of people are looking at. They're looking at that because they're thinking like, well, the initial contact, it wasn't major, but it people are, are I'm seeing a lot of people saying like he it's enough for him where he should have gotten up mm-hmm. and played the puck. I don't believe that. That for him to do that, that has to be so quick. He's going to need cat-like reflexes to jump up that quickly and play that puck. And it just, it just, I, I, I can't be on the side of that was a bogus call. I think they got that call right, believe it or not. And I think the thing, there's two things about this call that really stand with me. The fact that it was challenged. Yeah. This might have been Bednar's worst challenge since he's been our head coach. And he's usually very good at selecting when to challenge. And the reason I did not like the challenge at all. I mean, it was bang, bang. As soon as that goal went in and the lights went off, that ref was waving it off right there. He was. was waving it off. And what you're initially doing by challenging that is you are you're telling Toronto, look at this goal and tell me why it's a goal. And with all of that contact, no matter what party line you're on, if you're in Nashville or Colorado, with all of that contact and then falling into Ingram, there's no way you can say, yep, that actually should have been a goal. There's no way that's getting no. overturned, um, no. no matter how you break it down. So there, there, there the was... Avalanche sh- should have known that, especially mm-hmm. like if you think of it reverse, they should have known that and never challenged because honestly, that power play could have flipped this game to 2-1 Ooh. the other way. Yeah. And you, at that point in the game, you did not want that to happen. No. I mean – he Lekkinen was not pushed. Like there was contact, whoever the defender was, and I can't remember who it yeah. was. There was contact between those two, but it wasn't so much. Like he was not pushed in by that defender initially. He was afterwards, the second time mm-hmm. around. He definitely was, but there was a little bit of contact between those two that kind of had Lekkinen go into the goalie, but not. It was it was him. He was in control of himself going into the crease the way he went into the crease. So. I, I can't I can't be there where where people are thinking like this was a, a bogus call. Now, it, I mean, you're right. Jared Bednar is usually very good on um, picking picking the right times to challenge, and he wasn't here. And you can never know. You can never figure. I think. Okay, let me finish that thought. You you, can, you never know what's going to happen. What what did happen could happen mm-hmm. at the yeah. start to start the third. He is now like immediately Valnichuskin gets a high sticking. And now, you know, we talked about it in the first segment. You're five on three now. You can't assume that. But I feel like Bednar maybe kind of did it. Number one, because I mean, you're going to challenge because you think you can have it overturned. Mm-hmm. Number two, I think he takes the risk there because the Predators really weren't doing much on their power play. So I kind of think I feel like he kind of felt good about I think there's enough there where maybe we get it overturned. If not, I'll take my chances with my team because they are they're playing great on the penalty kill. 
And then when you get that goal or the, excuse me, the, uh, the, the penalty on the Chuskin and you're five, three, you're for a minute and 57 seconds. I mean, that was immediately. And you're like, Oh God, this, this, this has gone South so quickly, but this is the avalanche just putting everything together again and, and killing that penalty that turned the tide from completely on Nashville's side having a five on three mm-hmm. to completely the other way because now the crowd is in it. They just killed the five on three penalty for two minutes and they are, are going. And since after that happened, the rest of the second period, well, actually the rest of the game was all Colorado avalanche. And I think the five on three ended up saving us. And I completely echo what you were saying there mm. up into that challenge call. I've, feel like Bednar was starting to get a little nervous and a little panicky because Logan O'Connor was in for Cogs. Cogliano's still day-to-day, so you had LSC mm-hmm. in there. Right. And then the the two lines turned into the big-headed monster, well, the three-headed monster again. Yeah. And you felt like Bednar felt like he needed a push from somewhere, and he wasn't yeah. getting it. And if you look... He was not using the fourth line again. He was, they, I don't think, um, they did not, like, LOC did not hit 10 minutes. He rode Kale McCarr to 31 minutes, like, Mm -hmm. really going back to that riding the first line, second line, riding them heavy. Um, I feel like he tried to charge up the team, whether it was a goal or if it wasn't, with that challenge, and it almost proved to be a mistake. But ever since the five on three and the momentum shift, the avalanche ended up taking it in overtime. But that whole sequence with Bednar really uh, raised a little bit of an eyebrow with me. Well, for you know, I didn't notice it at one point. I'm like, is that Gabe Landeskog out there? And, mm-hmm. and I paid attention to it, like if it kept happening, because maybe he was just out there at the end of a shift or something, even though he was on the second shift. But no, like he put them back together, and I think that's the beauty of this team mm-hmm. and i think that's deliberate i now now i'm uh, the when i was watching the game i'm like he he puts gabe landeskog to start on the second line for purposes like this if he needs a jolt he can bring him back up to the top line cuz if you do it the other way around if you're starting with the, with the big 3 on the top line and things are are you're not struggling you're struggling to score but you're playing well and you just need that jolt it takes a different tone when you drop Gabe Landeskog down to the the second line to bring up Valnachuskin or Burkowski or, or Kadri or whoever you want to bring up it just takes a different tone to, to bring Gabe Landeskog back up it's like we got the band back together yeah you know what I mean and, and it's just it's go time and they they I mean, I think it worked in in terms of they were always in Nashville zone, always. Yeah, they lived in that defensive Nashville defensive zone all game long. I want to talk about quickly. I want to talk about Nashville because everybody likes to talk about how physical they are, and they are. They are one of the the most physical teams in the league. And we talked on the crossover. You and I were talking about it. Will it be to their detriment if they do some kind of boneheaded things to be in the penalty box? Because, yes, even though the Avalanche were 0 for 4 in the penalty, the, the, the way they looked, you can't assume it's just going to keep happening like that where they're not going to score on, the, on those penalty on those power plays. Excuse me. 
But for at least game two, and I'm watching it and I'm listening to the people like call the games and they're like, oh, the, the physicality. And it's like, okay, but what else are they doing? Mm-hmm. They're not generating offense. They're not, you know, their defense is horrible because the abs are just camping in their in their defensive zone and they got 50 shots on goal. So outside of they're checking everything that moves, it doesn't lead to anything. It led to one goal that was a, a misplay. And fine, Gerard missed that that play. Kemper should have saved that goal too. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't a, a fantastic shot. He, if he had that one back, he probably would save it. So I don't see like I'm not going to say the Avalanche are going to sweep this thing, but what else do the Predators have to offer than they're a physical team and they can just hit the crap out of you? It's it's funny that if you go back and listen to that episode, the crossover with the Predators, I think it's like 75 to 80% talk about the goalies because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot to talk about other than individual talents. Yeah. I mean, Forsberg um, is awesome. Forsberg yes. is great. Grandland you could say, is, okay. Juno is a great up and coming player. Duchesne had a great season. You're right. Like individually. And, and they've had really good seasons. I think they both scored 40 goals, right? Forsberg and Duchesne. Mm-hmm. But they're so top heavy. I feel. And I think they it's just focus on the hitting, and the hitting doesn't lead to anything. Is the problem? No. And it's individual talent. There's no cohesion. Hmm. Like we could talk about like the units and who works well together. Like it's it's a team of individuals. Like you don't feel that synergy when they're out there performing, and it's just you can definitely feel the team aspect and a team of individuals. Yeah, I, it stuck out to me. It stuck mm-hmm. out to me. It was like, yeah, they're 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 hitting everything that moves, but they're not doing anything after that. Yeah, and I, it was it was just there on display. So we'll see, we'll see. I think you know they, they can take. I, you can't really take moral victories in the in the postseason, but I think the Avalanche or excuse me, the the Predators sitting there like, what else can we do to beat this team? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, all right, we have a sound check to get to, and let's talk about Game Three in Nashville. But first, BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run for the Rose. I still have to look up the horses, man. Horses. I got to look them up. I, I just, there's got to be a name that speaks to me. I'll find I'll send you a reminder, my friend. All right. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's betonline.net where the game starts. Okay. Uh, game two victory, and uh, that will lead to a sound check. Songs that we feel best summarize the action against the Nashville Predators in this game, too. And you can go to Spotify and search for LOP and Soundcheck and follow this playlist. Every I think We're up to like six and a half hours of music on this playlist, which is great. So um, whatever we select right now will be added to that playlist in the morning. Go follow it. Give it a follow. What do you got for this one, Mr. Sullivan? This song works on multiple levels, and... I'm also going to be the one that has put Napalm Death in this sound check. And I'm also going to put the mob song from Beauty and the Beast (laughs) as 
the sound check for the Nashville game, game two. There's nothing like just a, a invigorating win. The endorphins are are snapping. You know what I mean? Like you are on a a high, and bam, we're gonna hit you with some Disney princess music. No, it, it actually it's not the princess song. It's uh, it's kill what, the beasts, kill the beasts. It's the song of where Gaston is like trying to fire up everybody, going yeah. to go after the beast. Honestly, through period two and three and overtime. You had that feel like this team was like, what do we have to do to get past Connor Ingram? And you yeah. felt the team rallying. And like, it's just, you had that kill the beast mentality. And the song kind of fits. And it just goes like, it goes. And I just want you to put that uh, playlist on shuffle. And when it hits, yeah. you're going to laugh because you're going to remember game two. What's the Napalm Death song you put on? I can't remember that. It was uh, um, Metaphorically Screwed. Oh, that was, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was after a loss. It was. Yeah. All right. Um, that's why I love this playlist because we can go from like, <laughs> like death metal to. I listened to it Disney. at the gym. Yeah. Like you'll you'll get like Sabaton to uh, Lionel Richie. Yeah. Uh, we do have a Lionel Richie song on there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, I I think like I said in the beginning, the the hashtag for the Avalanche for this postseason is find a way. And it's like the Avs knew they were going to need to have games like this. You know, this happens in, in the NHL postseason. So there is a song by, you know, one of my all-time favorite guitarists, Tom Morello, of Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave. He's ventured out on his own. He's had a lot of solo albums out right now. And a lot of, almost all of them are like featuring people on mm-hmm. each individual song. So he has a song uh, with Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons. And the name of the song is Find Another Way. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So I think that's kind of like, for me, if I was in charge of the Colorado Avalanche like graphics department, I would have bought the rights to that song, and that would be plastered all over every every you know video montage you have would be with this song. Find another way. So, and they did. That's exactly what they did. I can't wait for this to hit the playlist because I haven't heard this song, and I yeah. love both of those. I oh, cannot yeah. wait to hear it. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Um, all right. Game three, uh, what, what do we think that the, the Predators do with Soros? I, I put up a, a tweet saying, if this was during the game, I think it was almost towards the end of the third period, I said, if nothing else, what Ingram is doing is giving Soros more time because they have all the confidence in the world right him right in him right now. It also could go the complete opposite way. Like we said earlier, you play this game immediately, right? you know, the next day abs could hang seven or eight on him but they've given him some they've they've given he's given the predators some food for thought and should we let sorrow sit out another game or because you're down oh two do you bring back a not 100 percent uc sorrows yeah i think in game three which is an afternoon game by the way everybody please remember that um it's an afternoon game what the goalies it's going to be probably ingram again and I don't think we'll see Soros in game three, probably four. And I think and I, the biggest thing that I heard in the middle of the game, Nashville is doing the thing where if you don't live in Tennessee, you're not going to the game. Are they really doing that? They will cancel your ticket if you yeah. try and transfer it. 
they are making this a hostile environment and they're going about it the most hostile way possible so what do the avalanche do this is their first time experiencing a hostile playoff environment how do they respond to that as well that's going to be interesting my buddy lives in north carolina and, and he just went to game two of the uh carolina boston series and we went to go buy the tickets they had to verify your your zip code Mm-hmm. So you couldn't buy it outside. I think it was like in in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. You could buy it. Outside of that, they weren't selling to you. Uh, so it's unless you live in Nashville and you are a, an Avalanche fan, that's really the only way you're going to get these tickets. I things. know. I know Alabama was permitted. So if I was back home, so if you're, I you could go, you could go. I could yeah. go. Uh, but those fans are pretty passionate. Like that 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 is going to be you know a ninety seven percent. Uh, blue and yellow arena anyway so the ads are going to be prepared for that um i don't I, we'll see if, if sorrows is just saying like i am not there yet um then obviously he's not going to play but i wonder i wonder if he is he's not 100 percent. so if he's 75 80 percent, do you have him go on a high ankle sprain which is very easy to re-aggravate yeah. or do you say like look like this i know he's a rookie he faced 51 shots. Uh, let's give him another go at it. If you lose and you're down 3 nothing, then what do you do? I mean, do you bother putting Soros in there anyway? Because 3 to nothing, that's almost impossible to come back from. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm glad I'm not in that position. For the Avalanche, I, I know we were talking, you know, what are they doing in game two? I thought it was going to be Kemper, which it was. You know, you, you had good reasons why you wanted you thought it could be Francois, for me, I go if, if game three, your first game in Nashville, I'm going Darcy Kemper again, and then if you win that one, then it's I, for me it's easily Pavel Francois. We're up three to nothing. If you lose that game, then you go home and and put Kemper back in and win win the series on home ice. So for me, I'm putting Kemper back out there for the third game in a row. I would have put Frankie back in as well in game three. I would have went as far as scratching Darcy Kemper and brought Miska up and just get him kind of ready. Like, he's got to be prepared at some time just to know that that's right there. (laughs) Not now. (laughs) I know what you mean. I'm not putting him in now. But uh, I I do. I think because the ads are up 2 0 and this is your first game in that hostile environment, not saying Pablo Francois can't handle that. He can. He's been around long enough where he can handle that. But Kemper's playing well. He's had two really he didn't good face, games. He didn't face a lot of shots last night. No, so. no. So, um, and then what? What do we do? I mean, this is not something I thought we'd be talking about. Alex Newhook has not played at all yet. Um, do, is his first game in Nashville? I, I don't see that happening either. And this isn't something where he's being punished for anything. I think Jared Bednar had a plan to to go with experience. And when, you know, when Cogliano got hurt, I, I'm still surprised he didn't go with, with Newhook. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. So maybe there's some injury there and they're not really talking about it. I mean, that's always a possibility. But uh, for for right now, if Newhook's not in for, for two games and he didn't get the nod, especially after uh, an injury, I can't imagine he'd be there, be there for game three either. It will be very concerning if you don't see New Hook in Game 3, especially after Cogliano being day-to-day. Even if he's healthy, he's not mm-hmm. really doing much. LOC in his performance, 
It was not, not what you want. And that fourth line getting short shifted and the three headed monster getting back together. It looks like all signs are pointing to new hook coming back in that um, game three. And if he doesn't, there might be something to what you're on to right there. What's that? There might be an injury. There might be something oh, going oh, on okay. with new hook. He might have that mile high sickness that Miko and Nas had. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't think Logan O'Connor played poor. Um, mm. But, you know, he's only played nine and a half minutes. He was a plus two, believe it or not. Um, and I'm just looking at the time on ice. So him and Nico Sturm are the only ones under 10 minutes. And they were within 30 seconds of, of 10 minutes. So, you know. Uh, but you're right. Like when, when game's that close, you're putting your your top line out there more often than not, and especially you know your your top defensive pairing, Kale McCarr. And I know this went overtime, but 31 minutes six seconds, uh, Devon Taves 29 minutes 57 seconds, so three seconds shy of 30 minutes for him. Uh, the third pairing, Bo Byram and Eric Johnson, the lowest minute. Which your third pairing is going to be that, but your defense is so good. You kind of, I thought it would be a little bit more in line. Yeah, Cam McCarr and, and Taves are always going to be a little bit higher, but Byram only had fourteen and a half minutes, and Eric Johnson just had over just just over fifteen minutes. So he was riding riding the the, the top guys, which okay, I get it, it and they're playing so well. Cam McCarr yeah. was just it, you can't you can't cover that guy. There's there's nothing that the Predators can do. So yeah, you're going to put him out there more. I get it. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I feel, I mean, a nine and a half minute Logan O'Connor is not as good as a, you know, 12, 13 minutes that you would get from Alex Newhook. Yep. Just my perspective. So we'll see where it goes. Um, this is a Friday episode. So, so I, I I don't know. I haven't really figured if we're going, I don't really want to do a Sunday episode following the Saturday game. So we might discuss the game on monday but if it's an amazing game we just can't contain ourselves and we have to talk about it maybe we'll just come out with a show like right away <laughs> who knows until then uh thank you everybody for tuning in it's always a pleasure and thank you for kyle does the uh the twitter spaces on twitter which uh, people are absolutely loving those things so during games and if you are on twitter fine follow kyle at shaggy von doom um and uh, join in his i join him every once in a while but i get so ingrained in the game and i have a method and i'm writing notes down and stuff i love you people but i can't be bothered with uh, <laughs> with a, i can't with a socialize right I now can't, i can't i i, I just I, there's there's things that there's you know routines that i have so um but thank you for making this your first listen of the day that's always appreciated go check out locked on nhl for your second listen Get caught up on things going around the league, and I'll do that right now for you, too. Why not? Um, I know, I think Dallas won. Mm -hmm. You had the Rangers winning 5-2. You had the Panthers winning 5-1. And you had the Stars winning 2-0. So um, all of those series are now tied at 1. And we are the series tied up to nothing. So, All right, man. What a game. What a game. Uh, I'm not going to be able to sleep for a little while, but... Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, again for tuning in, and uh, we will see you guys. I don't know, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Monday. We'll be back at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Go, Abs, go.